Tom Meese, and welcome once again to Inside the USFL. Today we come to you from very cold and very windy Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, just outside Veterans Stadium, home of the undefeated Philadelphia Stars of the USFL. And stay with us on Inside the USFL, because in the next 30 minutes, we'll be taking a look at highlights from all the games of this past weekend, weekend number three in the United States Football League. I'll visit with Gary Austin in Las Vegas about the latest lines for weekend number four. And we'll also take a look at the hottest running back in the USFL, Kelvin Bryant of the Philadelphia Stars. All that and much more up next on Inside the USFL. <laughs> for all the guys who keep the action from getting out of hand. This Bud's for you, for all you do. The King of Beers is coming through. Yeah, just for you, that distinctively clean, crisp taste that says Budweiser. For all you do. This Bud's for you. No, I'm not standing on the beach at Waikiki, far from it. I'm just outside Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia, and I'm telling you, for the month of March, it's pretty chilly and very, very windy. Come to think of it, those were the conditions in Birmingham, Alabama Monday night when the unbeaten Philadelphia Stars took their undefeated record into the Southland to take on the Birmingham Stallions. And once again, it was running back Kelvin Bryant who stole the show. A frigid crowd of over 12,000 showed up at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama to watch their... Stallions, but it was Alan Harmon of Philadelphia who stole the show early, going straight up the middle in the first quarter, down to the Birmingham one-yard line, and on the very next play, they go to Alan Harmon again. He'll sweep left end, find the hole, and score. Philadelphia Stars lead Birmingham Stallions 7-0, but the Stallions do come back later in the quarter. Reggie Collier at quarterback, lots of time after the play fake. He finds newly acquired wide receiver Sylvester Moy for a big gain all the way down to the Philadelphia 14-yard line before he would be run out of bounds. Now, let's set up a fourth and one situation at the Philadelphia four-yard line. Collier on his favorite play, the bootleg. He outruns Antonio Gibson, dives in for the touchdown, and Birmingham ties up Philly 7-7. Big first half, though, for Philadelphia running back Kelvin Bryant here, finding a huge hole to the right. Picks up 31 of 137 first half yards. That's set up a Philadelphia field goal. The Stars led it 10-7 at halftime. Now, in the second half, Birmingham comes out and has to kick off to Philadelphia to open the half. They wanted to pin the Stars deep. It didn't work out that way. Allen Harbin catches the opening kickoff at the 12-yard line, finds a hole, chugs down the left sideline, finally running out of gas at the Birmingham 20. Nobody really hit him out of bounds. He just ran out of steam. Next play, running back Kelvin Bryant again picks up where he left off in the first half. He goes up the middle for eight yards down to the 12. Three Bryant rushes later, and finally Kelvin lugs the leather into the end zone for what proved to be the winning touchdown. Bryant 177 yards on the night. Philly wins it 17-10. to 10. 
at Birmingham to stay undefeated. Meanwhile, at Nickerson Field in Boston, the home opener for the Boston Breakers, they hosted the Washington Federals' big day for former NFL place kicker Tim Mazzetti. Here we see the second of four Mazzetti field goals, 47-yarder to give Boston a 6-3 second quarter lead. Later on, the biggest play of the game, Washington back to punt. A bad snap to punter Steve Hoffman. He eventually would fall on it at the one-yard line, it's ruled, and that would give the Breakers great field position where running back Richard Crump took it in in the fourth quarter to tie the game at 16. Then with just 27 seconds left, Tim Mazzetti's 29-yarder would win it. If it's good, it is good. I just wanted a chance to go out there. And again, that positive feeling, uh, it worked out great. It's, you know, we really pulled one. We pulled one out. And thanks to Mazzetti's four field goals, the Breakers pull out their home opener, a win over Washington, 19-16. Meanwhile, in a slightly warmer location, the Valley of the Sun, Tempe, Arizona, Sun Devil Stadium, surprising Arizona Wranglers facing the undefeated L.A. Express. We'll pick it up with Arizona leading 7-0. L.A. quarterback Mike Ray fades back and fires one 61 yards to a wide-open Kevin Williams. He's into the end zone. The extra point is good, and L.A. ties it up at 7-all. Then we'll pick it up with Arizona leading 10-7. Quarterback Alan Richard says, oh yeah, I can fire the ball too. He finds Jackie Flowers, 45 yards and a touchdown after the catch. Two-point extra conversion was good. The Wranglers control the clock at the end of the game with runs like this by Steve Howe. They beat the Express 21-14. to We're a young team and probably, you know, like uh, a lot of teams, a no-name team. You know, we haven't got any big-name players on the team and I think we work together as a team and uh, play as a team and that's, that's probably makes up for the inexperience and the age and uh, stuff like that. So the final score in Tempe, the 2-1 Arizona Wranglers win it over the 2-1 LA Express, 21-14. You're looking at the ticket offices of the Philadelphia Stars in a very cold and windy Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. You know the Stars did a brisk business for their first home game against the New Jersey Generals. They drew over 38,000 and another good crowd is set for their second home game against the unbeaten Tampa Bay Bandits on Sunday. Our Greg Wyatt has a report now on a franchise in a slightly warmer climate that is trying some novel ideas to attract more fans to their games. The state of Arizona has been waiting for pro football for a long, long time. Well, now they've got it in the United States Football League. This is definitely Wrangler country. The Wranglers were the last team in the United States Football League to put their organization together. But the first in all of pro football to have an organized booster club. All of the Sun Angels here at Arizona State. This is just the beginning. Next year, we're next year. I told everyone that the one of the best reasons to buy a season ticket is it was a cheap insurance policy, because to get a ticket in the future is not going to be an easy trick to do. So these people are going to prove that these are the lucky people. They were here at the beginning. This is history in the making. Four thousand Wrangler fans are members of the Corral Club, with another one thousand in the Elite Copper Helmet Club entitling them to VIP parking, and this night, a collector's tankard and lapel pin. Well, we're all avid football fans, so everybody's been waiting for Phoenix to get a team, and we've got one. What do you think of your Wranglers? I love them. <laughs> we're trying to do something uh, where we have a few little problems with it, but uh, we're trying to do something for the people who support us a little bit more with, with purchasing a club membership, particularly this club, the Corral Club. It costs $100 plus the cost of their season ticket to be members of this club, and they get certain amenities. Today is one thing we're trying to do is give the people a, a collector's item beer stein, a limited edition. There's only so many made for this club, for this club plus a lapel pin that fits on your lapel signifying that you're a Corral Club member. Uh, we're having a little problems. It's getting a little hectic here, and we've got a lot of people. 
but uh, we're trying to get these items out to them that we promised them. We had a special party for these people down at training camp with the players and the coaches. Uh, we, we're giving them uh, a very nice uh, hand-numbered, uh, limited-issue uh, Corral Club mug for their shelf. Things like that so they can be uh, proud of the relationship with this team and make them part of the organization. Three games certainly doesn't make a season, but there's one thing for certain. The football-hungry Arizona fans now have ASU in the fall and their Arizona Wranglers in the spring. Greg Wyatt inside the USFL. Tempe, Arizona. Thanks, Greg, for that interesting look at the Arizona Wranglers and what's happening in the Southwest, trying to attract more fans into Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe to watch the Wranglers play. And stay with us here on Inside the USFL because next I'll be talking with my two cohorts from Las Vegas, Feist and Gary Austin, about the lines for this week's games in the USFL. How do you like lunch? At Compton's Log Cabin, you have your choice of the choicest. Compton's will either serve you a magnificent meal from their menu, or if time is of the essence, you can use our express service, a luncheon buffet where for just $3.50, you can have all the soup, salad, and sandwiches you want. Choose from 40 delicious fixings at Compton's Log Cabin, pleasing palates for the past 48 years. We're at Cuthbert Road between Whitehorse Pike and Route 70 in Haddon Township. Call 858-1000. Major credit cards accepted. Hi, everybody. This is Joey Ramone here of the infamous Ramones. I'm Dee Dee Ramone. And we want you all to watch the next edition of the Cable Rockaround Show. Don't miss this exclusive interview with the Ramones, along with fashion news from Betsy Skins, a surprise WYSP disc jockey, the Cable Rock giveaway, music video, and much, much more. Rock the night away with your host, Kevin Patrick, on the Cable Rockaround Show, Tuesday, March 29th at 7.30 on NYT Cable Channel 2. Well, and now it's time for our weekly visit in Las Vegas with oddsmaker Gary Austin and handicapper Jim Feist. And gentlemen, as I look at your selections and the lines that were set by you on the games of last week, it appears to be a mixed bag. And Gary, not only that, it also appears as if the road teams uh, did pretty well. Yeah, that's one interesting thing, Tom. We've noticed that the uh, home field advantage we've been getting in this league isn't near as strong as the National Football League. And I think you'll see as the weeks go on an adjustment where we're certainly going to be knocking down the home field. And I think one reason is they're not drawing as many fans and, and they don't have as rabid a fan as maybe they do in, in the National Football League that's been built up for a number of years. Jim, would you say that week number three of the USFL was easier or harder to uh, handicap than the first two? I think they've all been rather difficult since we're dealing basically with preseason games. As Gary said, the uh, road teams are doing rather well. Uh, I think they're actually, uh, the home teams are 7-11 against the spread, so that gives you the same indication. As we look at uh, week number four upcoming in the United States Football League, there is one game uh, this coming Saturday, and it's a game which will be seen right here on ESPN, and that involves the Arizona Wranglers playing the Birmingham Stallions. The Stallions coming off a Monday night game have a short week, and they really need this game, Gary. Yes, they've uh, lost both their games at home, and uh, their quarterback, Reggie Collier, is questionable for this week, but we've established them a two-point favorite against the Arizona Wranglers. I look for Birmingham to be under a lot of pressure this week to pull out a victory for the home fans. I'm going to take uh, Birmingham and lay the points. Okay. Now, as far as the New Jersey Generals go, I guess the, their fans, and over 53,000 of them showed up last week, have to be wondering if they're ever going to win a game. And they're at home again against the Boston Breakers. How do you see that one? Well, we've established Boston a two-and-a-half-point favorite against New Jersey. And, 
uh, New Jersey certainly is the disappointment of the league, and and in fact it could be hurting the, the league because I know they wanted to have a strong uh, team in the media capital uh, of New York City, and, and so far they've really been a disappointment. Jim, is it uh, the advice to the betters to just go against New Jersey until they show something? Well, I... 53,000 fans went home uh, real unhappy last week. I think Chuck Fairbanks is going to get his act together up there and pull his team together. They don't have bad athletes on this team. It's just that they aren't playing uh, with any intensity. They're making critical mistakes. I can't lay points on the road with Boston yet. Uh, they, they had a difficult time last week. I'm going to take the home team and the points this week. Okay, interesting pick. Los Angeles will be at Chicago. The Express taking on the Chicago Blitz. Uh, the Blitz... Once thought to be the power of the league, all of a sudden they're one and two. Gary, what's happened to George Allen's team? Yeah, Tom, this is a real mystery. Uh, through any type of rating that you really do, uh, going by experience or uh, people that have that have had uh, did well in in the pro leagues before, the Chicago Blitz should be a very strong team. But uh, they've fallen on their face two two weeks in a row. Although they did play in some real bad weather this last week. We've established them a three-and-a-half-point uh, favorite over Los Angeles, who was a disappointment last week and lost their first game at Arizona. Well, Jim, uh, the Los Angeles and Chicago game, as you uh, heard the line set by Gary Austin, how would you analyze it? Well, Chicago, like Gary said, was supposed to be the best team in the league. But after three games, they're only two and one. But they lost those two games in the last four seconds and the last 22 seconds. I think Chicago's coach, Allen, is going to impress that upon his team this week. And I really feel L.A. has a suspect uh, pass defense. I'm going to take uh, Chicago and lay the points in this game. Let's move on quickly, gentlemen, to the matchup at RFK Stadium in the nation's capital, the winless Washington Federals going against uh, the Michigan Panthers. And, uh, Jim, I guess this would be a game that uh, you would have to uh, give the odds to the people taking the under because neither of these teams have scored a lot of points. Right. Washington's a one-point favorite here. This is probably the lackluster game of the week. Jim, how do you view this game? It looks like an aerial battle uh, to me because neither team can run the ball very well. It looks like a toss-up, but uh, I'm going to go with Washington to win its first home game. All right. Monday night on ESPN, the Oakland Invaders will uh, get together with the Denver Gold coming back home to Mile High Stadium after that uh, first win in Chicago. Now, this looks to me to be a pretty interesting matchup. Yes. Uh, Oakland, I believe, is one of the better teams. They've been established a two-point favorite at Denver. I think the interesting thing you ought to note this week is the highest favorite in the whole league is Chicago at three and a half. And so this is a, a very good league for gambling, and it looks like there's a great amount of parity early in the season. Jim, uh, when you look at this game, do you see a rivalry, an old rivalry like we had in the AFL with Oakland and Denver? Well, I, I think it might develop. Uh, Oakland has a 2-0 and record against the spread, and they're 2-0 and on the road also. Well, Denver is the opposite at home. I'm going to take Oakland. They look like the better balanced team. And Denver's offense really looks suspect to me. All right, now the big game, the first really big game ever in the United States Football League at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia matches the Philadelphia Stars against the Tampa Bay Bandits. And uh, Gary, how do you how do you make a line on this game? Well, both these teams are are undefeated, three and zero on the season. And we're going to find out who the class of the league is. We're establishing Philadelphia a small two and a half point favorite uh, against Tampa. Jim, do you think you have to more or less go with a home team when you've got teams uh, like this who appear to be matched evenly? Tampa seems to have a better offense, but Philadelphia has a better defense. It looks like a dead-even football game, but like we talked about before, the home teams aren't doing that well, 
I'm going to take Tampa Bay in the points. You might get two and a half or three points. I think that's the side. Thanks so much for being with us again, Gary Austin and Jim Feist in Las Vegas. And now it's time to hear from our Paul McGuire with his weekly commentary on the United States Football League. Tom, last week we talked about the offensive linemen and we talked about the specialists, the field goal kickers and the punters, and how poorly they're performing so far in the first couple of weeks of football. Let's talk a little bit about the passing game as opposed to the running game. In the first two weeks of the USFL, you notice teams like Los Angeles. Hugh Campbell, noted for throwing the football up in Canada, ran the football and did it very well. He has a good offensive line. But in the third week of football, we've seen so much more passing. Whether the USFL has the quality quarterbacks to do it or not, that's another question. The other thing is, when the offensive linemen realized that they couldn't run block that well, they started to pass block. But that poses one more question for the offensive line. Can they and will they be able to pick up the blitz? They haven't been able to do it so far. And that's the most important thing. That's something I'll cover next week. Back to you, Tom. Thank you very much, Paul, and stay with us because next we'll have highlights of the Denver Gold-Chicago Blitz game. Also, the uh, Oakland Invaders at the Michigan Panthers and the Tampa Bay Bandits against the New Jersey Generals. Those highlights and more coming up next as Inside the USFL continues. The deadline for the Eastern Airlines strike is upon us. We'll tell you what happened and what it means for the company on the next Business Times. We'll also be reporting on the latest consumer price index figures, and we'll be looking at the economy in Bill Woolman's weekly review. And our financial editor, Jeff Madrick, will analyze changes at AT&T, and Boone Pickens will discuss future strategy at Mesa Petroleum. Please join us. Even though these trees are still barren here in Philadelphia in late March, in a couple of weeks they'll be sprouting forth the new leaves of spring. Yes, it's still kind of chilly, but you can tell that spring is just around the corner. However, I doubt if the football fans in Chicago would concur. When they showed up at Soldier Field last Sunday afternoon, several inches of snow fell on them, and their favorite team, the Chicago Blitz, also fell to the Denver Gold. George Allen's Chicago Blitz came into this game a big favorite against the winless Denver Gold. And early on, they performed like a favorite, leading 3-0 in the first quarter. Blitz quarterback Greg Landry throwing to Lenny Willis, 42 yards and a touchdown. The Blitz led it 10-0 in the first quarter play. In the second quarter, though, with a score at 10-3 in favor of Chicago, Denver gets on the move. Harry Sidney, who had 70 yards rushing in the first half, goes 39 on this play to tie the game up 10-10 at halftime in snowy Chicago. When we come back in the second half, we'll pick it up in the fourth quarter. Blitz leading 13-10. Denver on a last-ditch drive. Big third down and two-play. Quarterback Kenny Johnson hitting his tight end, Bob Nitsiolik, for the first down to keep the drive alive. However, the drive would eventually stall inside the blitz five. Red Miller talking it over with his quarterback, Ken Johnson. Hey, let's go for the win. The heck with the tie. Johnson calls his own number, gets the snap, keeps it, and scores. The goal wins it 16-13 in Chicago under bad conditions for their first win ever in the United States Football League. Meanwhile, last Saturday night in slightly better conditions at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, the Michigan Panthers, their home opener against the Oakland Invaders. Second quarter action in a game seen on ESPN 3-0 Michigan. Invader quarterback Fred Bassana would hit his favorite target early on in the season. Wyatt Henderson with a beautiful fingertip catch, 45 yards for the touchdown, and Oakland takes a 7-3 lead. At halftime, the score would be 10-6 in favor of Oakland. Third quarter, Oakland stands Dan Talley back to punt. Anthony Carter of the Panthers fields it, but he'll get popped hard by Jairo Panoranda. And Carter would fumble the ball, the second fumble in this game for him. Marcus Quinn recovers for Oakland. The Invaders eventually turn that into a touchdown. Late third quarter with Oakland now ahead. 
23 to 6. Panther quarterback Bobby Abair would become the hero. You saw the Oakland touchdown that gave him that lead. Abair would flip one out to Derek Holloway. He breaks one tackle, goes 48 yards to Pater. The Oakland lead is cut to 23-13, but the Invaders come right back in the fourth quarter of play. Basana hooks up with tight end Raymond Chester for 32 yards and a touchdown. The Invaders go on to win this one in Michigan. Final score, Oakland 33 and the Panthers 27. Meanwhile, a crowd of 53,000 plus at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. As the Generals tried for their first win of the year against the unbeaten Tampa Bay Bandits, once again, the Bandits quarterback John Reeves had a big day, leading 3 to nothing. Reeves rolls out to his right, finds running back Greg Boone for three yards and a score, and the Bandits take an 11-0 first quarter lead. Another tough day for Herschel Walker. If you don't have any blockers, you're not going to pick up ground. Walker, 19 carries, 39 yards in the day. Well, let's get back to the Bandits. They were the story of this game, really. John Reeves, another day like you dream about, and he had a few uh, successful hookups with tight end Lewis Gilbert. This one coming down the middle in the third quarter to keep a bandit drive alive. Reeves would throw another touchdown pass eventually to Gilbert. Ten yards in total. Reeves, or rather this one is more than 10 yards, it's for over 30 yards and he hits Gilbert 25 to 3 bandits. Greg Boone also added some icing to the cake. Boone going around his own end for a one yard touchdown, it's 32 to 9. And moved the ball with authority. Uh, just seemed to have a good uh, blend of play calling there by Coach Spurrier, and uh, the blocking was good. The, the men were open, and the running was good. So uh, it's just uh, sometimes uh, things go right, and you have a nice drive, you know, and you go down the field and score. Nice to see John Reeves smiling for a change. Tampa Bay wins it. Goes 3-0 on the season. New Jersey is now 0-3. Let's take a look at the standings in the Atlantic Division of the United States Football League. Philadelphia leading the Boston Breakers by a game. New Jersey and Washington still looking for their first wins of the year. In the Central Division, it's Tampa Bay 3-0. They'll be at Philadelphia on Sunday. Chicago, Michigan, Birmingham all with identical 1-2 records. And in the Pacific Division, we have a tie, a three-way tie for the lead. The LA Express, the Oakland Invaders, and the Arizona Wranglers at 2-1. The Denver Gold bring up the rear in that division at one and two. As for our DuPont player of the week, there can really be no doubt. Superlative performance by number 44 of the Philadelphia Stars, rookie running back Kelvin Bryant out of North Carolina. Bryant, 27 rushes for 177 yards Monday night against the Birmingham Stallions in a game seen on ESPN. Kelvin Bryant now has run for 342 yards in the first three weeks of this new league, averaging 114 yards per game. That is nothing to laugh about. Kelvin Bryant of the Philadelphia Stars, this week's DuPont player of the week in the United States Football League for his great performance against the Birmingham Stallions. The DuPont Player of the Week is brought to you by Rain Dance Car Wax Products. Rain dancing on your car's finish means the wax protection isn't finished. And who keeps the rain dancing? Rain Dance. It's guaranteed to last longer than the leading car wax paste or poly. Water beating proves it. Rain Dance keeps the water beating long after the competition falls flat. And longer lasting means less waxing. So keep the rain dancing longer on your car with Rain Dance. And you won't have to wax so often. One of these executives is beginning the day better prepared than the other. With business news that's 12 hours newer. And analysis by the most insightful reporters in business journalism. Now who's better prepared? The one who tuned in to Business Times, weekday mornings on ESPN. It's television for those who place success before breakfast. International Widgets planning a merger. Fell through. Fell through? 
You know, when I was a kid growing up in suburban Philadelphia, one of the most loved things about coming to the city was taking a bite out of one of Pat's cheesesteaks here. Huh? Stuff is still the greatest. But I tell you, the way that Kelvin Bryant is running the football these days, he's also becoming a part of the city of Philadelphia that sports fans love as well. Second down, seven to go. We begin the second quarter. Kelvin Bryant, a big hole, cuts to the outside. Inside the 20. Bryant endeared himself to Philadelphia fans last Monday night, running for 176 yards and one touchdown in a game against Birmingham. His second 100-plus yard week in a row. But in both cases, Bryant gives much of the credit to his offensive line. Got some people that played in pros at least two to three years, and we got uh, Bar Oates and Er Eatman coming out of college, and they're real good too, so I'm not that surprised. They talk about how you make them look good, but I guess as a running back, you really appreciate them. Oh, yeah, you got to appreciate them. You know, without them, you know, we'll be like Mr. Nobody because, you know, they open up the holes and, you know, I just run through them. Yeah, he's a tremendous running back. He, he runs good outside. He has great speed, and he runs, runs with a lot of power on the inside, which I think surprises a lot of people. Um, he, he's definitely an asset to this club. He's given us, uh, you know, one of the main reasons we're 3-0 right now. What has impressed fans and teammates alike are not only Bryant's obvious physical talents, but the way he's handled his success. I met him uh, when I originally signed here with the Philadelphia Stars. We signed on the same day, and I met him, and uh, I've got to know him pretty well the last uh, few weeks, and he's, uh, he's a great person. He's a first-class person, the kind that, that I like to be associated with and, and the Philadelphia Stars like to have. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to be part of him, and of course, it, just watching him run, you can tell what kind of football player he takes to be. He can run around people, uh, he runs through people, so uh, he, he's, uh, he can make it in any league, and he's sure doing a heck of a job. What do you think of all the publicity? Is it pleasing to you, or does it bug you, or what? Well, it's pleasing to me, but, you know, I, I can't, you know, worry about that, about all the publicity one way or the other. I just got to concentrate on what I have to do and, you know, go out each game and try to give 100%. In the USFL's biggest game to date, the unbeaten Stars host the 3-0 Tampa Bay Bandits this Sunday afternoon at Veterans Stadium. I know as far as defensively, uh, they're a great defensive team. I know a lot of their defensive backs. I played with uh, Glenn Edwards in San Diego and uh, a couple other guys. So, so we're real excited. We have them here at our own place, and... Hopefully there's going to be a lot of people from Philly rooting us on, and we're both 3-0, and and it's a big game. We're real excited about it. Well, we got to be ready for them. You know, we had a scrimmage game against them, and, you know, we didn't do too good. So, you know, I think they're going to be ready for us, and we're going to have to be ready for them. And it's going to be a physical game, but, you know, I think I think we can uh, get, ready for, get ready to play them. A reminder that ESPN is the spot on your dial for USFL football action all season long. Once again, we'll have two games this coming weekend. Saturday night, we'll be back in Birmingham, Alabama, as the Stallions play host to the Arizona Wranglers. That game comes your way at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time. Then next Monday night, we'll be in Mile High Stadium, Denver, Colorado. The Denver Gold returning home with their first victory of the season last weekend at Chicago. They'll be coming home to take on the Oakland Invaders. We'll have that game at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time, live here on ESPN. That wraps up another edition of Inside the USFL. From a very cold and very windy Philadelphia, I'm Tom Meese.